I guess we're grown-ups now. I am your co-host, Carrie. And I'm Brooke. Hello, Brooke. It's been a while since we talked. Yeah, it's been like a whole uh, whole bit of June, I guess. Yeah. You've been doing some traveling. I've been doing some traveling, too. I was in a city I've never been to before. What city is that? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, hey. Yeah. On our side of the border. <laughs> yep. Into enemy territory. I infiltrated your borders. <laughs> Which conference did you go to? <laughs> oh, it was called Confab. Uh, it's a um, content strategy conference, and it was so great. Oh, that's I awesome. wish that it was, was a content strategy podcast because I would just talk <laughs> about it. It was so great. I'm obsessed <laughs> about words, and it was very, it was, it was my people, you know? It's hard to find sometimes. I feel like um, I was at two different conferences this past month. Um, so I was in Singapore for SRECon, which is a uh, engineering and software or um, reliability. Yep, reliability, re- reliability engineer conference. And I was speaking there. And then I was at a nonfiction conference. And I don't know if either set of the people were my people, but I had I found people at both of them. If that makes sense. Like I, I'm, I met a friend of a friend at SRE Con and we hung out quite a bit and we were kind of united by queerness. Like I saw her and I was like, she seems like she might be queer. And then we started talking and she was, and I was like, we have to hang out. So we went on like dinner hangouts and whatever else. That's and awesome. then in Iceland, um, the nonfiction conference, like I'm a person without any like higher degrees. And so when... I'm surrounded by a lot of people with like PhDs or getting PhDs or talking about all of their like adjunct facility lives or faculty lives or whatever. I'm like, can't really relate. Um, I don't know what to say, but also I'm on the same panels as, as them. And like, I'm doing stuff and like getting, you know, paid, I guess, to talk, which is cool. And people wanted to hear what I had to say. So that was nice. And most of my people there were just like the friends that I was staying with, which was uh, three other, three other trans people who live kind of all over the place right now and don't get to see each other very often. So that was like the biggest highlight was just like sitting in an apartment with my friends, like eating rotten shark and chatting about life. And yeah. Sounds... <laughs> the rotten shark detail is like horrible, but I know that's probably like a wonderful thing to be trying to. I think it's good. Um, we, we, we found that it was uh, not universally liked in our friend group, but um, uh Three out of four of us loved it. My friend Cooper uh, spat it out over the railing of our apartment. Um, no animals touched it overnight and screamed about how it was the worst thing he'd ever had in his life and how he uh, he couldn't believe we were eating this because we were just sitting outside eating it. And he was like, what is wrong with you? So um, but to be fair, he doesn't like organ meat or those kinds of flavors. And I think like I've had shark before. I like shark. It tastes like shark. It smells like cat pee which is maybe not the most ideal smell or scent, but, um, you know, everything else pretty good. So, uh, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're not, we're not talking about conferences or rotted shark. What are we no, talking about? No, but we are about? sort of talking about <laughs> finding your people and yeah. celebrating that. That's very it's true. It's Pride Month. It's Pride Month. So we're going to talk about Pride. Yeah, and it's in different, uh, the, the Pride Festival sort of thing or Pride Marches or whatever you're, 
town, city, or, or like uh, prefecture may have. Like it happens all over the month of June and by and large. I think actually back when I used to live in Austin, the official Pride stuff happened in September, um, but there was a protest and uh, community march called Queer Bomb that happened in June. And here in Portland, we just had ours this last weekend. Yesterday was the last day of like official Pride celebration stuff. Yeah, and ours is going on all of June, and uh, we have our parade on Saturday. Cool. And I'm going for the first time in Saskatoon. I've been to the parade once in Toronto many cool. years ago, but uh, this is the first time I'm attending Saskatoon's parade. You taking the kids as well? Uh, at least the older one. She, uh, I said to her would you be interested in going to pride parade? And she's like, yes. And our cousin <laughs> wants to go too. So I'm like, all right, I got people to go to pride parade with. That's great. So taking my niece and my daughter and yeah, very excited. It probably won't surprise you that I didn't go to the parade. Um. Right. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, in some ways that does surprise me a bit, Brooke. Talk yeah. About that. So uh, I, I'm run the board for the largest queer rights organization in Oregon um, but I'm also an anti-capitalist and have a lot of feelings about the presence of corporations and uh, religious groups at Pride and the fact that it is a pay for marching kind of thing. Um, the police march. There's a lot of stuff where I'm just kind of like, I'd rather not be there. Um, I see a lot of people really excited to wave rainbows, but I don't see those same people always involved in the work throughout the year. So I'm more of a, I want to be behind the scenes working on making this stuff better. And to that point, this last year has been amazing for queer rights in Oregon. And we've gotten a lot of stuff passed. We just got self-attestation passed. Um, so you can change your gender marker at the DMV because you know who you are and you don't have to have like a therapist letter for it, which is pretty fucking awesome. cool. And that stuff's big for me. Um, I also do a lot of volunteering during the time. So on Friday night, instead of like going to a party, I was at a party, but I was there as a art volunteer for the Q Center, um, taking bids for art auction just to like get money to the Q Center. And um, there was thumping bass the whole time, but mostly I was like, do you want to bid on this art? Hey, do you want to donate money to the Q Center? Which is something I'm more comfortable doing. Like I don't like parties or groups as much, if I, especially if I don't have like a task. Um, and then on Saturday, I performed at an event called Slant, which is like a queer storytelling event. And I told the story of how I got on Japanese TV. And oh, cool. Yeah, and like all the performers were queer, and um, a pretty strong majority of the performers were POC, and there were some other trans folks, and it was just like a really neat thing. And that's kind of my, my style of pride, um, is spending some time with my friends, maybe performing at something or volunteering at something. Last year, I went to the Trans March and the Dark March um, and then met someone later on at a thing and stayed up too late with them and skipped Pride because I was very tired. And I didn't miss it too much. And this year, I also didn't miss it too much. So Yeah. Yeah. So I'm straight and cis and have never identified as queer um so I'm very conscious that I'm going as a guest and a supporter and it's not for me but there's people I'm going with who it is for and yeah. I want to be there for them 
Um, but yeah, I think it does seem like to some extent it's been, I don't know, watered down for the general populace and I guess for something to become popular and mainstream. Yeah. Um, there's going to be some of that that happens, but yeah. It depends on the uh, place. I mean, in, in, in Austin, true. for instance, like um, part of the reason why Queer Bomb exists, at least to my knowledge, is because um, the General Pride Festival or March or whatever asked the leather community not to participate. <gasps> they were like, hey, we'd rather you not be here. And, um, you know, I think one of the best things about being queer is that we're not in, in like the mainstream way, that we don't want to all like get married on property, have babies and like, you know, a lot of us are still living in very like radical or alternative ways. And like, that's a good thing for us. Um, so yeah, asking something like a kink community who is a very central part of, you know, some parts of the queer community not to participate was like really upsetting. And I don't know about the Portland festival. I know the people who plan it, um, a little bit and they're sweet people. So I don't think stuff like that happens here, but I know that those parts of the community are often more comfortable at like the dyke march or the trans march that happen on the day before that are more community led and less um less corporate but a lot of the people i know who marched yesterday were like like you said like straight allies or people who might be queer but like don't know how to talk about it or haven't actually done much with it outside of the the you know safety and like confidence of their mind and their friends and I think that's good. I think it's like good to have a place where people can come explore things and see um, a whole lot of people who are really excited about being gay. I know from talking to older friends that like, you know, when people first started marching with PFLAG or when they first started seeing people who weren't, you know, traditionally in, in the gay world, like supporting them and being out there, it was a really big deal. Um, I think for some of us, it's still a very complex and different kind of thing. Because now that it's like, you know, there's pride section at Target and you can buy pride clothes, like it 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 feels like a commodification of my world and not necessarily support of my world. So Right. And and to be right. fair, like I'm an I'm a relatively affluent, like white person, albeit being trans and a dyke, like I still benefit from white supremacy. I still benefit from a lot of the things that like those things are propping up. So you know, I can only imagine that other communities might feel more excluded or, or weird about the whole thing. There's a bit of, oh, I don't even know if it's made anybody's controversy radar in Saskatoon. So Saskatoon is traditionally a pretty conservative place, uh, very white and colonialist, um, but with with a little a little like weird lefty streak, like where the birthplace of socialized medicine and we have lots of co-ops and stuff like that but it's also very conservative for the last 12 years um while there's been a pride parade going on our mayor um don atchison uh conveniently always had important family vacation tradition at the cabin at the lake uh when the pride parade happened and so he never ever attended he was invited and then after a while he was pointedly not invited oh my and, god oh just the worst it was so like obvious just come out and say you don't want to go anyway uh last fall we elected uh a new mayor who is much more 
open-minded and connected to the community and everything. And so for the first time, uh, Saskatoon mayor will be participating in the pride parade. And in fact, he's been named grand marshal. That's the part that's been like, at least amongst some of my friends, we sort of raise our eyebrow at this. It's like, so a man in power who's part of a political organization that has, or I don't know, a civic organization that has actively not been at the interest of the queer community um, does the very bare minimum, which is right. tell people at Pride that he will attend, and you honor him by making him Grand Marshal. Like, maybe we should give him a few years till we have gender-neutral washrooms and that are open to the public through the city, or where sex workers aren't routinely harassed by the police department, or, you know, various other things schools have you know, supportive programs for LGBT kids. Uh, maybe those things should happen before we like start getting too excited about Charlie Clark supporting. And I think Pride. that's really the crux of a lot of it too, right? It's just like, okay, it's the bare minimum. So like, what are you doing the rest of the year? What policies are you implementing? Like making somebody a grand marshal, like you said, for showing up is way different than making them the grand marshal because they successfully decriminalized sex work or abolished prisons or which are all queer queer issues like incredibly important queer issues or like had safe injection sites or you know made it so that people could access uh trans health care without being medicalized or, or whatever right there's like so many things that that not just my community but communities like adjacent to my community need that that those folks should be doing and like when i see this like, well, you can buy gay Nike shoes now. And like, yeah, but Nike still exploits workers and exploits the populace. So like, I'm not exactly right. eager to go buy, you know, rainbow stuff from a company that I wouldn't normally want to support all that much. Um, and it's complex too, because I think, you know, for my organization that I'm not speaking on behalf of right now, but am a part of, like, you know, we have a ton of corporate sponsors and a corporate um, support and like they give us money every year and support the really amazing work that we do but you know there are times that we butt heads and times where they seem to want us to support corporations um, with a little bit of the or we won't support the queers mm -hmm. and and I think this like finding a way to disrupt capitalism um, in the same way that we disrupt like homophobia and transphobia, um, they're all the same thing. Like capitalism is right at the crux of the, the pain and suffering that queer people face. So, right. and I think like, you know, if you're 10 years old or maybe you're like 75 and you're finally out and you're really excited, like those things don't come up and they don't need to come up because like you should be able to go out and really celebrate and enjoy yourself and be as queer as you are in public for maybe the first time with people cheering you on. Um, but if you're kind of a cranky loner like me, then uh, you don't get a lot from it. Like I was marching with Dyke March last year and people were chanting and I'm like such a dork that I was just like, I'm not chanting. Like, how dare you ask me to say the same thing as other people in unison? This is absurd. Like I wanted to march in the other direction just out of protest from that. But I'm like, you know, there's to some degree, like, 
useful times to be on the outer and, and other times where it's like, okay, we need to band together and love each other. And, you know, we're one year out from the Pulse shooting in Orlando. And yeah. last year, that was how Pride started was, you know, we had, there were two or three vigils in Portland and around the country to honor and remember the people who were brutally murdered um, out of homophobia. And we've lost so many trans women of color this year. We've lost so many queers this year already. And, and like, there's, there's that tricky thing of like celebration of ourselves, but also remembrance and mourning. And all I have to say that I spend a lot more time on my couch drinking coffee during pride than I do um, wearing rainbows and standing outside. Also, you know me, I don't wear rainbows. I always wear black. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a colorful palette. It, uh, and I, I should also say that, like, the other thing that I did for Pride, well, at least to some degree for Pride, was I went to the woods with a bunch of queer femmes, and we had a lot of fun. So that was, like, last weekend, and that was incredibly, like, uplifting and wonderful. It was, like, a private community of people, and we got to, like, hang out in hot tubs and make out and other things I'm not going to say on a podcast, but it was great, and... And I think those are the places where I feel like safe and seen. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think in the same way that, and this is going to, this is a very reductive metaphor, but like in the same way that we all enjoy a catchy pop song that's in the top 40, um, or maybe not all, but um, <laughs> like that, Sometimes you can't help but enjoy it because it's infectious and like lots of people enjoy it, but you totally. know that that's not like the kind of music that feeds your soul. There's still a need for whatever that is that you find that's not, you know. Not I mean, it's it's mystery novels versus stuff. it's mystery novels versus like some of the literature that I read, you know. And right. some mystery novels are pretty amazing, but like sometimes I just want to read about just ridiculous stuff and escape for a little while. And sometimes I want to really like dig into myself and the world around me. And um, I think there's times for both of those things. And like, I don't want to like shame anybody or say, Hey, I can't believe you went to pride. I'm, I'm really glad people go to pride. I think it's really healthy. And I hope that more people go to pride and realize just how gay they are because it makes our dating pool bigger. Right. (laughs) Cause that's what I'm really interested in. (laughs) As long as you, you know, have the greater good in mind there, Brick. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But also to realize that that's not the end of what it means to to be gay or to be queer or uh, to be trans. Let's right. not forget there's a T in LGBT. I, no I way. You don't forget that. I, but, <laughs> I forget I'm trans all the time. It happens. And I, <laughs> I think the other thing, too, is like remembering how, how and where to take up space and how and where to kind of get on the sidelines and, and like support, you know, I think like hearkening back to what I was saying about churches showing up, right. Or corporations Mm -hmm. showing up, like I'm glad that corporations and churches support queerness because that's the bare minimum. Of course you should, but I don't think they should march in a parade or march in a march for it. Right. I feel like they could stand on the sides and just be like, Hey, we will welcome you. We're happy to support you. They should be cheering us on, but it's real weird when like straight allies are cheering on straight allies in a queer pride parade, which is something that happens all the time. Cause it's a bunch all of like straight folks marching for some company. And it's like, it's okay. Like, and I've seen a lot of companies too. Guys on it. Right. I've also seen a lot of companies march 
who don't have trans healthcare, who don't have some of these like basic things. And I'm like, I know you don't have that because I worked for you and like you didn't have it then. I know you still don't. And like, I can't believe you have the audacity to go out here in March or like, I know that you'd refuse to give money to like queer organizations, but you think that like marching in the parade or like giving a little bit of money to like this one conference that doesn't actually do much, like is going to help a lot. And it's like, those are my beefs. Like I said, I'm just a cranky, I'm just a cranky queer. <laughs> standards for people who are celebrated. I try. In public we, ways. Like. I was recently listening to a friend's radio show. Um, and she had an episode on the Enneagram, which is something we should also maybe totally talk about one time. But, but the Enneagram is like another type of typing system for people, sort of like the Myers-Briggs or um, astrology, I guess. And it has like a one through nine system. And I was like very saddened to realize that I probably am a one, which is like uh, ethos above everything else. And like, even I can't live up to my high standards <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, at me next time so um that would be a great topic the whole like personality inventorying they're they're wild and they I are. think that you know there's a queer personality inventorying too and like mm. part of coming to pride or part of coming to know yourself as a queer person or know yourself as a person who has queer family or queer partners is sort of figuring out what your identity is inside of that and those can be really shifting but like I was also having a conversation with a friend today about that and like you know a lot of people are like I don't think that I think that bi people are too excluded from pride or like I think that x community like isn't represented or like are we even allowed to come and the answer is like sure but it there's like all these um for what were they saying as much as queer people love to talk about not liking binaries like we sure do love binaries and like mm. every time we have a definition or a category we love to like build walls around it and like figure out who can and can't be part of it and it's just like that's no fun <laughs> like I get why people do it because like it's there's safety and identity and one of the first things that I think you figure out when you are coming out is like oh am I gay or am I a lesbian or am I a dyke or am I like bisexual or pansexual and there's all these words suddenly that you have to like grapple with and some of them may include history and some of them may erase history and some of them may rewrite things and it's all in there and and, and I think those are really wild things to think about when we talk about pride too yeah even just like the sort of I wouldn't say separatist but the marches that represent specific communities where it's like okay well why would we have a trans march why would we have a dyke march be why would there be a leather march or whatever and like what is it about these communities that they would want to have a separate thing and why would that be and that kind of stuff those are those are things i ask <laughs> those are great those are great questions that are totally uh that we do all need to ask and obviously do not have simple answers to them because there's another level, which is, okay, so for the groups who aren't having separate marches or whatever, what are the reasons they don't feel that they need to or that the, it would be safe to? Or yeah. that, yeah, that it would cause more trouble than any good it would generate? Like, what, why do those people not feel... Um, and... and 
or, or are they even thinking about it? Like, yeah, hard to say. And I think like, you know, it's a, it's a tricky thing. I know a lot of like, for instance, my bisexual friends or my queer friends or, um, the various ways that they identify who are in like, uh, opposite gender relationships or straight seeming relationships. And like, whether or not that relationship is actually straight, is like a different story, but like, um, and it's kind of up to them, but, but those folks will also oftentimes be like, Oh, should I be able to go to pride? Should I like, how am I still queer, even though I'm in a relationship with somebody who isn't, or even though I'm in a relationship where, you know, yada, yada. And like, I don't get to decide that. Like, I think right. everybody gets to figure out what their relationship is with queer culture and queer pride on their own. And I think if people are telling you, like, you shouldn't show up, then, like, that says more about them than it does about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and unless, like, it, if, unless what they're saying is you're harmful. Which, which, sure, sure. But, I mean, like, the ways in which we cause harm to each other are complex. And, like, I, mm, I'm, I'm skeptical of people who are like, hey, you're harmful um without giving you any kind of like reasoning or like talking to you about it at all or that said there are definitely about oh go ahead you're by speaking about your category sure by your actions like if they say well you're harmful because you're in a straight looking relationship uh what yeah that's, that's a different not... kind of situation if you're harmful yeah. because like every time you show up somewhere you center yourself and like are the loudest voice and refuse to like you know let anyone else have a word in edgewise, yeah. um, you know, then that's, that's different. Like that's I always say, like, if you're more interested in yelling about your pronouns or your space and queerness, than you are working on prison abolition or fighting for the rights of sex workers or, you know, um, ensuring that like trans women of color aren't dying, then, right. you know, you might still be queer, but we probably shouldn't be friends. Like yeah. that stuff isn't, it's not, it's not the stuff that I want to work on primarily, even if it's like still important. And I think it is like everyone's identity and, and space inside of the stuff is like good to like sort out, but I have my priorities and I'm less interested in like, can you come to pride or not? And more interested in like, Hey, are you going to show up next time when there's a black lives matters protest? Hey, are you going to show up next time when, you know, people are facing down the cops or when there's a lot of other stuff happening? Like, are you going to be at the phone banks? Like, right. and I don't think that that like establishes a, um, some sort of like barrier. Like if you're not doing those things, I'm not saying don't come to pride, but I am saying if you're coming to pride, think about the other ways you can be involved. So. Right. Excellent. It's well, a very so- meandering way to get to that point. <laughs> it's a podcast <laughs> we're supposed to meander. Also, I'm just going to say that I wish there were more cats at pride. Um, I saw one cat on a leash at a bar at the event that I was at, and I wish that was a thing, um, because often people have pride dogs, but I'm like, I think that an important part of my lesbian identity is is having a cat. Yeah, I think a big part of my cat's, plural, queer identities is um, avoiding large crowds of people. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're kind of like you, Brooke, actually. They are kind of like me. They choose to, like, find their people and... <laughs> celebrate in more you know personal and yeah yeah and we also are always cleaning ourselves and uh uh. (laughs) napping i don't nap too much but i do i do sleep well at night so yeah it's it's a 
it's a thing. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. Um, yeah, it's wild too. And I think like one thing that struck me when I was at the event that I was speaking at, um, and always strikes me because it's always so easy to forget is just how many people, you know, in their day-to-day life or in their friends or in their family, like aren't out or are scared to talk about who they are or have just barely like been able to come to themselves. There was a woman who had, had finally like come out, come out um, at I think 77 years old. And she was, she's like 80 something now. And she was talking about her experiences of like sort of being absorbed in the heterosexual world when she was younger because she liked women, but she met this guy who was just like, well, we should get married. And she was like, I like women. And he was like, ha ha, that's not real. Let's get married. I have like a house and a job. And she was like, okay, I guess. And then it wasn't until years later, I think like at a Methodist like group for like mothers or something that she like met a woman who she fell for. Wow. (laughs) Which I found like lovely. And I think that's the thing too, is just like, as much as I hear stories of people coming out late, I'm, I always hear people like quietly talking to me about how like, I don't know, I might be queer, but also like that's scary and my world would be upended by it. And like, I just saw my friend wrote a post today, like inspired by this weekend that was about how, you know, at 32 years old, after being married to a guy for two years and in a relationship for 10, um, she was like, shit, I'm definitely gay and I'm going to have to break up with him. And that's not everyone's stories, but this person in particular had, like, grew up with a gay dad and grew up around queer-affirming parents. And even with that, had convinced herself that there was no way that she could be gay because, you know, she thought it was cool to just maybe have a house and have a kid. And, like, it was comfortable to have this guy in her life. And, you know, there's – I think that's one good thing about, say, like, a pride or, like, a mainstreaming of queerness is that – the idea that it's a feasible option, that it's not like something that would destroy your life possibly, although it still can, but that you could choose that and not um, hide in the closet or hide inside of like heteropatriarchy. Um, right. Probably that's good for everybody. Yeah, I think it's taken away some of the, um, uh, well, some of the systemic problems. Like I think we all... Um, faced with that kind of situation would uh, find complications that are personal to us, or at least that we perceive as personal to us. Yeah, for sure. But, but the uh, mainstreaming of, of oh, whatever you want to call it, pride, we'll call it for shorthand, um, means that at least, at least we can point to things and say, well, there are people living quote unquote normal lives supported by the community um, who, who have come out. Totally. I don't think it can be me, for example. Totally, totally. And I think like, you know, I, I am glad there's space for that. For me, I'm typically in the space of like, I want people to know that they can live abnormal lives. They can live wacky (laughs) fucking like queer and like perverse lives. um, If they come out, because that's more fun to me. I'm like, yeah, sure. You can have a mortgage and be a gay person, I guess. But also, you can, like, be just a wacky, hella wild, like, anti-capitalist witch. And that's totally cool, too. Um, I love that, Rick. That is so great. 
I just try to show up for 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 the folks who are. And I mean, that said, I'm still a person who like works in tech and has a nine to five job to some degree, and like, you know, I travel around the world to talk about that kind of stuff. So, um, take it with a grain of salt. But the world I want to see is one where there eh. there's not much normal. <laughs> That's awesome. I think, I think your like normal job in tech stuff just like accentuates your awesome queerness. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. I'm happy to work at a company where they, where they care. Um, so you know, we didn't make anything with rainbows on it this year, uh, but I don't think anyone really cared to. I certainly wasn't asking for it. So, but we make witch cowls all year round, and also Dickie's jumpsuits. So. I'll let you be you, let you be the judge. Um, I mean, you can tell where you know the real support is there. <laughs> I mean, the most important thing is they cover trans healthcare. Um, it's queer inclusive, and uh, a lot of us, um, whether or not we're in uh, certain kinds of relationships, like at least somewhat identify with the queer community. So, um, nice. yeah, it's a good vibe. But we should probably wrap up. But I hope yep. that wherever you are, um, if there's a pride or pride type activities that you participate in exactly how many you want to and have the best time with the people that you care about and who love and support you. And, um, yeah, if you want to know, Hey, can I go? The answer is probably yes. Um, so yeah, go. Yep. Go take a, take a look at what's happening and find interesting people. Wear some go-go pants or no pants, you know, Enjoy yourself. <laughs> or totally black, head to toe. Brooke. Maybe you'll meet somebody that uh, teaches you just how queer you can be. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, have a fun rest of June, and uh, we'll probably talk to you again in uh, July, I bet. Exactly. All right. Happy Pride, everybody. Happy Pride. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, I'm at Brooke Shelley, and Carrie is... At K-A-Y-A-Y-A-R-A-I. And the show is at grownups underscore FM. And we're also on the internet um, at, I think, goodstuff.fm slash grownups. That's um, If you want to hear our back episodes, we've got a bunch of them. We cover adulthood by and large, um, which is very broadly deter- broadly defined. But it's, a, it's yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> yep, we're on iTunes, too. It's true. We are. <laughs> All right. Have a great one. 